Welcome to the InScape Podcast, where we explore the inner world and discover our unique power to create. My name is Tanya Nelson, and this is episode 10, Anger. Okay, I'm super excited to have this conversation, and it's really an extension of last week's podcast, which was power. Power is such an incredible force that we don't understand. We don't understand the power that is is in energy. And when we avoid feeling, when we avoid our emotions, our energy in motion, that is when we stop feeling powerful. That is when we feel tired. That is when we start to feel heavy or we label it in so many ways, but we wonder why we don't have the fuel or the juice in life. This podcast today is going to discuss what it means to feel power and in a way that is also our passion. How do we feel passion? How do we use the energy and the power in us, our emotions, to feel passion? I'm excited to talk about passion today because who doesn't want more passion in their lives? And we wonder why life gets so boring or mundane and why we keep looking for this energy and this power and this passion in our lives. And I believe I have the key because so many of us are afraid or have judgment or resistance in anger. Yes, I said it. What is anger? How do we convert anger into passion and stop judging it and resisting it and understand how to utilize this precious, precious emotion. We're going to talk about that today. I want to share with you my experience with anger and hopefully it relates to some of you, but I know that it's on one side of the coin. I know that it's on one side of the spectrum because most of us are running with two different parts of this experience, two different sides of this experience. One, we're either really comfortable in anger, we're quick to anger, we have a ton of passion, a ton of energy, so much uh, force in us in everything that we're doing, or we're very uncomfortable and we avoid it at all costs. That could look like confrontation. That could look like... um, again, anger in our lives, and we don't know what to do with it. So I'm excited to talk about it. For me, when I look on the surface, the surface, I have been programmed that anger itself is a weakness. Now, when I say that, it wasn't only just a weakness. It was, it meant something about me. There was extreme judgment around anger, that if we were angry or I was angry, then... I had a problem or I was I was not in love and I was not spiritual and I was not like I I was separated from who I wanted to be. And so anger was a very 
resisted emotion for me to say the least. So I had a program that said anger is dangerous and hurtful. Now, I hope you're feeling your own beliefs and your own triggers behind this because Again, we all have beliefs around what anger is. And so I never wanted to feel angry because it would separate me from the connection and the love that I so desperately wanted. And so anger was was not an emotion that I was comfortable with. Growing up, both of my parents were really passive. And if I ever saw either of them get angry, it was quick and it was followed up with a ton of shame and guilt. I mean, I don't even know if I actually ever even saw them get angry. And I might be able to recall a couple of times we experienced frustration. I think there was one fight that my dad had gotten into with my brother. Uh, he had a knee-jerk reaction, and I think he... I think he quickly like moved his hand and everyone's like, oh my gosh, he, you know, did he hit him? And, and I remember having this like massive energy around this moment of this reaction of my dad's that was like so minimal. And again, I mean, not even to minimize it, but for us, it was just this catastrophic event. And looking back as an adult, I realized how, how unfamiliar we were with anger because immediately I remember my dad going into the bedroom and, and I think, I think he even cried. I think he felt so horrible. He got angry. And this is what I was raised with. I was raised with one experience if I can remember anything. And even then it was not what a lot of people experience with anger. So I was very uncomfortable. I It was not something that I was familiar with. My parents never showed anger. They never showed confrontation. They, they always put on their game face and it was always a happy front. And so I was unfamiliar with, with anger. I had one brother that was very passionate and very angry in his world. He was, I mean, he was probably 20 years older than me. So I remember being extremely fearful and, uh, it was so foreign, but you know, it, it still wasn't, uh, he wasn't even really in my home. And so it wasn't something that I was again, familiar with or comfortable with. And so that was my one reflection of anger. And Again, some of us might be laughing a little bit or realizing like, oh man, no, I mean, we experienced a ton of anger and, and a lot of passion in our house. And there was, you know, there was always something going on or, you know, my dad or my mom or somebody was always angry. And so for me, it was just the opposite. We did not experience that. So to say that I was uncomfortable or unfamiliar with anger would be an understatement. It really would. It was no coincidence though that I would attract and marry someone who anger was very comfortable. He was very comfortable with anger. In his home, there was there was a ton of passion. He was raised, uh, there was three boys, uh, no girls. And that's, I think, how a lot of things were solved with, with anger and fighting and confrontation and, and survival, you know, on a street. And, and there was just this, this, he was very comfortable with anger. And in that, what would happen was, is again, for me being so uncomfortable with anger, clearly I wanted to see myself in this power. 
I didn't know it at the time though, right? So we get married. I give so much power to anger. And when I say that, what I meant was, is I was afraid to the point of, I remember finding myself a spot in my closet in the corner to get away from it and confrontation and raised voices or, or extreme amount of power or passion would, would, I would cower and I would get very, very small, very childlike. And I had no idea of what to do with my own power and what it meant to be angry. And again, I tell you these stories because what I want you to do is go back into your own lives and really look at what is your experience with anger? What is your relationship with anger? Do you move into it quickly or do you resist it? What is your beliefs around it and your judgments? And really allow yourself to look at what is it that your head and your brain says about anger? What does that label mean to you? Because my hope is, is that I can start to shift what it means to be angry for you and and release the judgment, release the separation, because it is such a vital emotion. And again, one that I am still not super great at, but I practice it because of the passion that I want to have in my life. And it is the more anger I can feel, the more passion I can feel. So let me let me keep going and let me explain that. Through the years and through my journey into the Inscape, I have learned the extreme gift of anger and the incredible opportunity that we have to connect to our power and our passion. So in my journey into the Inscape, I found that this was such a blind spot for me and a shadow for me. I believed wholeheartedly that anger was bad and that my fear of anger was a, what I realized was my fear of anger was a direct reflection of the fear of my own power and worth, the value in my world. I want to say that again, the fear of anger was a direct reflection of my fear of my own power and worth and value in my world. Now think about that. No matter what side you're on of anger, either you judge it and you resist it, and you have fear of anger, more than likely you project that onto somebody who is more comfortable with anger. And so we're constantly trying to bring people down when they are angry, and we are resisting it for ourselves as well. Now, I know up until this point, you're wondering, well, okay, so... So I should just let people get angry at me and I, that is uncomfortable. And again, I want you to really pay attention to the resistance that you have with this because when the emotion would come up and would, and when it would only show up in frustration, right? So in my world, it would just start to look as frustration. It would just, I would start to feel uncomfortable. I'd be frustrated with something, but that is as far as I would ever let it get, where some people are off the charts, right? They have to do something with all of that energy or they they have to put it somewhere. So we're going to get to that. We're going to get to where, what do you do with this energy? How do you use it? Uh, be, again, for me though, what would happen is, is 
because I would only let that frustration come in, I only allowed a small amount of emotion to come in, a small amount of energy. And I had a defense that I must have learned at a very small age to not bury anger, but to avoid it altogether. So what would happen was, is again, kind of like I, I would find a spot in the closet or I would run from it or I would avoid it or I would try and quickly shift it into uh, fixing the problem so that, so that I didn't actually have to feel all that passion. So I avoided it altogether and I didn't even want to look at it. That it, it, was, it was bad and it meant that, again, I was not in love. That's, that I didn't want to feel that. I thought that love and anger could not coexist. And that's key. I thought that love and anger could not coexist. And that's not true. Because anger is sandwiched right in between desire and pride. So on the emotion scale, it is desire, anger, then pride. And what would happen was I was stuck and I could not move until I was vulnerable enough and brave enough to move into anger, to see my desire and feel my pride and my self-worth. Remember when I said my fear of anger was a direct reflection of my fear of my own power and my own self-worth. So I didn't want to look at my desires because my world wasn't as valuable as avoiding, well, I wanted to avoid that power because I was so uncomfortable with it. It wasn't something that I was shown. And so what I would do was I would go into someone else's world, try and fix it, try and bring that, them down. And then I wouldn't actually have to feel my own power. I wouldn't have to feel my own self-worth of what it was I desired and how important it was for me to create my own world and look at my own desires. Everyone else else's world was more important. I was a people pleaser. And so that, that was what I did at all costs. So in working with individuals for over 15 years, I have come to understand and embrace the energy and passions that we can experience. I had one individual specifically that was the perfect mirror for me. He had been told his entire life that he had anger issues and that his goal in order to be loved or to connect with anyone was to get the anger under control. Now, there was some truth on that on some level because he didn't know what to do with all of this power. But what would happen was is all of that vital energy became impossible to bury. And so it was so explosive all the time. This was a perfect mirror because it didn't take long before I started to truly desire and admire the amount of energy this individual had and the amount of energy that he was able to experience and the amount of passion that he had was a direct reflection of the amount of love and power he was capable of receiving. We would never want to take that passion away. And at the same time, what do we do with it? What is the problem that we have when we get angry? And I'm going to get to that. Because it is so important. There is one key. One key to anger that we have to look at. And it is the only problem. 
It is the only separation that we have with our power. So when working with couples and individuals, I had found that there are two sides of the same coin and that it's super fascinating to watch. I'll get couples in that have extreme amount of passion and to the point where they they it it looked abusive, right? It looked like there was, you know, there was cops being called and there was uh there was massive explosions in their house and and there was just so much energy and passion. And they couldn't quite figure out how to communicate and and what to do with all these ener- all of this energy. But make no mistake, I had couples, I have couples that come in and they will sit on my couch and say we are best friends and we never fight and we really don't have we don't know what the problem is and something usually happens there usually there usually is a shift or something that has been creating in their, created in their relationship and they can't figure out why it was shifted and there is so much unfulfillment and there is heaviness in the relationships. There is a stagnant and there is a boredom, uh, apathy feeling in these relationships. But they'll come in and they'll say, our relationship's great. We don't fight. And they have no idea that in my mind, I'm, I, I see the red flag, right? I see the problem because there's also no passion. There's also no power and that the connection in, in seeing our power and our desires is so vital for our relationships. If we're not able to see what we desire, then we lose the attraction. We lose that passion. We lose that connection. And what happens is, is we don't actually have that to bring to the table. The incredible part about that is we... We think that a relationship looks good depending on how we were raised or our beliefs in that if it doesn't have anger and it doesn't have fighting. But I'm here to tell you that if you are not fighting and you are not passionate, then you are missing out on major amounts of excitement and desire and fuel and connection in some of the most amazing ways. So anger is a strong energy and it's always around something that we want. Let's talk about why it's so important to fight. Let's talk about why it's so important to feel angry so that we can turn it into passion. Because underneath anger is desire. And the stronger the anger The stronger the fuel, the more fire that we feel, the more energy that we have, the vital energy that we have to create what we want. Now, let's talk about this. There is one rule. And it is the one rule that will change everything. It'll change everything in your relationships. It will change everything in your world. It will create safety. It will create connection. It will create one of the greatest mirrors of power that you could give somebody else. Being angry is a gift. It's not only a gift for you, it's a gift for anybody that is around. If you know this one rule, are you ready for it? 
The one rule is that you cannot blame. That is the only reason why anger is dangerous. That is the only reason why it is hurtful. It is only reason why it is so damaging is because we blame. We blame it on another person. We're so uncomfortable with our own worlds. We're so uncomfortable with our own power. And we have not been taught how important it is to feel what we desire. And not only is it that we haven't been taught what our desires are, it's that we've been taught our desires are bad. Or that what we desire, most importantly, usually comes from another person. So if we have a strong, strong desire, if we have passion, if we have movement, if we have energy, if we have tons of anger around something, and we think that it's supposed to come, our desire is supposed to come from another person. If we think that what we're angry about is something that someone else is doing or not doing or giving or not giving, or it, that is the only thing that separates us from getting what we want. And the reason for that is because what we want is something within ourselves. Always, always, always. Take it to the bank. Always. We always want something within ourselves. So what happens is, is we get angry, we blame, we take all of that energy and we throw it into another world like a bomb. And then the defenses go off and we have to defend ourselves from the atomic bomb that just got thrown over. And this is where fighting becomes unhealthy. This is where it gets hurtful. This is where we we go into the separation and we start to believe that we are supposed to fix something in somebody else's world or we're supposed to give somebody else something and we have to try and find it within ourselves. And this is the power struggle that most people deal with. We're angry because we think that the outside world or somebody on the outside who is creating their own world is supposed to be the source of what it is that we want. And that is the problem. That is where we got disconnected in our programming. One of the greatest examples, and I give all of my clients this this movie to watch. It's one of my favorites, and I've probably even said it in my podcast, is Inception. And Christopher Nolan is by far, in my opinion, one of the greatest writers and directors and movie producers there is. And in Inception, Leonardo DiCaprio, Cobb, is bringing a girl into his subconscious mind. AKA his world. Okay. And so they do it in a dream state and she's called the architect because what she's going to do is she is going to learn how to design something and bring it into somebody else's world. Okay. So they do it. They do a test where she comes into Cobb's world, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio's world. And Cobb opens the door to let her into his subconscious or his dream state. And it's such a cool scene because what happens is, is initially she just starts to explore and investigate and she has, you know, some pretty good boundaries and she's walking around and observing and and she is honoring his world and then she starts to get comfortable. Sound familiar? 
She starts to get comfortable. And what happens is, is she starts to really maneuver and change and mess with things in his world. And he says to her, you probably should stop doing that. Because if you if you do, all of these people and everything that you're seeing in my world, they are projections of my subconscious. And so what happens is, is the more she messes in his world, the more she maneuvers, the more she tries to change something in his world, the more defensive every projection gets. So what happens is, is they start to turn on her and they want to get her out of this world because it is unnatural and it is not how things are designed. We are designed to create our own world. And when anybody comes into our world and tries to change something or tries to control us or tries to uh, have power, be the God of our world, make choices for our world, we're always going to resist it. And this is where our defenses come in. This is where we start to resist and and try and get that foreign object, right? That other person's energy out of our world because it's unnatural and it's not how things are designed. So blame is a certainty that we are giving our power away. This is important, right? Because I'm talking about it from the perspective of someone who is trying to blame us or put something into our world or get something from us and the trigger of that happening. But what happens is, is if we blame, so now take it to the other person, what happens is, is the person that is blaming or the person that is angry is also giving away their power. And they are not staying in their own worlds And they are not allowing that vital energy to be the fuel that creates what they want. So there is that scene in Inception as well, where Fisher, who is the main character's uh, dream state that they're going into, and the reason they're going into his subconscious, because they want to plant a idea on the most basic, simplest level. And they have to go so deep into somebody's subconscious in order to do that. And it can't be, it has to be on the deepest level. And it has to be the the simplest idea. And the reason for that is because that's what happens to us. As children, we are, there are seeds that are planted on the most basic level, the most ground level. And those are the seeds that have been planted and everything grows from that. And so In that, what happens when they go into Fisher's subconscious is he has a military background. And it's such a good picture of what happens when when we get triggered. When somebody comes into our world and we are familiar with anger and we have tons of defenses and we have an army in there ready to protect us, what happens is, is that's when that, that battle starts to happen. That's when all of that passion starts to happen in defending ourselves. So again, great movie to look at when you're thinking about what happens when you give your power, when you blame or when you go into someone's world and you're trying to control it or make a choice for somebody. And when you're in relationships when you get angry, what happens when we 
when we blame somebody. This is the result of that. So how do we stay angry and feel passion about our desires? And we feel the pride and the worth of our value. How do we do this? Well, I just gave you the key. And the key is we cannot blame. Which means we own our desires. We own how we feel. We own our passion. We keep it for ourselves and we stop judging it. And we don't try and get somebody else or something else to give us what we want anymore. We learn to receive this passion. We learn to receive our desires and we learn how to create. We stay passionate about how we feel and what we want, but we don't buy into the narrative that comes, that it comes from another person. Witnessing our own power and, and to create and line up with our own separation from our inscape. If I am angry and I have a desire, then I have a belief that I don't have something. Desire is actually lack. Desire is actually an emotion that says we don't have something. And that's okay because it always brings us back in. It's that, it's that vital emotion that snaps us back into ourselves and allows us to move into our inscape. And so what happens is, is when we want, when we're in our inscape, we ask for nothing from the other person. Because in our inscape, we are connected and lined up with love. My daughter asked me the other day, she started dating someone and we had this great conversation about, mom, how do you know when you're in love? Like, what, what does that really mean? And to be honest, I talk about love all the time and I'm really familiar with the state of being that is love and what it feels like and how we actually uh, can vibrate and, and, and expand love inside of ourselves. But when she asked this question, I paused for a second. I'm like, okay, how do I define this in the context that she's asking? And it came pretty quickly because what love is, is the opposite of desire. Love is connection. Love is a state of being and it is a experience that actually says we don't need anything from the other person. So I told her, how do you know when you're in love? It's when you don't want anything from another person. And all you feel is connection and abundance. And there's always giving. Because you don't need anything when you're connected to the inscape. When you realize you are the creator of your world. When every desire you have, you can create. Every experience that you want to have is in the inscape. So how do we feel our passion? 
How do we come to the dinner table in our relationships and our connections and feel angry? We stay passionate. We stay excited. We keep our power and don't blame another person. We allow for the opportunity to experience the energy, the vital energy of the emotion. And we have conversations that look that way. We say to another person, I am so passionate about this. And it's not your fault. And I'm not asking you for for anything. And I'd like to experience this. I utilize it when, in, when we're in parenting. How many times do we look at our kids and we use that anger and we blame even them? I love you so much and I need you to do all of these things, which is not love at all. And we go into their worlds all the time. And we think that we know best. We think that we, we should make choices for them. We think that it's our job to govern in their world. We do it everywhere we go. And that is when we experience disconnect. That is when defenses go off. That is when we don't actually hold space and connect what I find most often is that 99.9% of the time, it is that we want the same things. We can meet in a very common and safe place when we connect on this level, when we allow others to feel their passion and their desires, and we meet there. We meet in a place where we can say, What are you passionate about? What do you desire? I love this quote so much. And I want to just end this podcast on this quote because it's so important to realize that our deepest fear truly is our power. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is, that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically 
liberates others. When you allow yourself to feel anger without blame and to feel passion and the vital energy of desire to create and to dig inside of ourselves and find everything that we're looking for. Let that desire move you deep within the Enscape. In that vast universe that says, I can create my own world. Welcome to the Enscape.